Ladies and gentlemen, this is our main event. Welcome to the Throwing Jabs Podcast with Jace Garcia and Jared Jones. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. We are live on Facebook with episode six of the Throwing Jabs Boxing Podcast. I'm here, like always, with Jared Jones. I'm Jace Garcia. And let's get down to the nitty gritty. The only fight we had this weekend, Virgil Ortiz Jr. keeps his finish rate at 100% beating Antonio Orozco. Via a sixth round TKO, this was his toughest opponent yet, and boy, did he look good, Jared. Yeah, he this guy, whoo, this kid is official. Uh, his fight before Orozco, Orozco had never been stopped, and uh, Mauricio Herrera had never been stopped. This kid, two in a row now, fought veteran, tough, tough, tough yeah. guys, and stopped guys that had never, ever been stopped before. Uh, Definitely, definitely official. Ortiz Jr. is the real deal. Yeah, and when you see young up-and-comers, it, it it makes sense. The first round, how he came out, he came out wild. He, he wanted the knockout, obviously. But then we saw him start to face adversity because Orozco kind of, he, he, he punched himself out in the first round. Orozco started to come back, and then Ortiz came back himself to get the TKO in the sixth round. This is... What you want to see from a young up-and-comer. Now, granted, this has been one of his longest fights. He's only been in the sixth round. Before a title shot or anything like that, I want to see him go the distance. But he did look really, really good. Where do you think Virgil Ortiz goes from here? Uh, there's, there's, there's a lot of different matchups I do like. I don't think it's a title fight. You know, the fight I would love to see is uh, you want to work his way up through veterans that you kind of know what you're getting from. Yeah. And I think the next step for him, fight I'd like to see, Adrian Broner. That's solid. Let him fight Broner. Yeah, we do have Broner coming up in the current events. I, I was thinking that when I was putting this together. I do like that. Or um, even, I do agree with you, he isn't, I don't think... That fight is deserving of a title shot, especially in the welterweight division that's full of killers. Yeah, he's I, working his way up. I mean, yeah. too, he's a young kid. He's he hasn't he's not these guys that he's beating aren't, you know, bum and tomato can doesn't doesn't fit Herrera and Orozco. These guys these are tough yeah. tough veterans. So for a guy like that that's working his way up, I don't want to I don't want to throw him into a title fight before he's ready. I think there's yeah. there's ten or fifteen guys that are legitimate next step up from Herrero and Orozco that are not yet Spence and Crawford, yeah, you know? Yeah, And uh, Broner's on that list. And yeah. that's that's the fight I'd like to see. I think Broner, uh, Danny Garcia, uh, Keith Thurman, I think those, he wins a fight there, that's title shot. Yeah, then you get the title shot, absolutely. Yeah, and I, yeah, I would love to see any of those fights happen. Before we move on to current events, this wouldn't have uh wouldn't have gone in the recap if it went another way. But Robesi Ramirez, did you see this? What a fight! There's a two-time Olympic gold medalist lost a four-round fight, 
in his debut. Wow. Against a four, I think the other guy was four, two, and two. Aiden Gonzalez was his name. Robesima Ramirez, two-time gold medalist, upset in his debut, knocked down in the first round. Great fight. Really, yeah. really fun that's, to watch. Crazy. No idea what happened. I think we'll hear more from him being a two-time gold medalist, yeah. but it's worth mentioning in the weekend's recap that that uh, yeah. that this guy got upset. I like stuff like that when it happens. When you're young, when you're starting to get your feet in boxing, an early loss or or any combat sport, I think an early loss is good. It can deal be, with yeah. It, oh, yeah. Especially now since everyone's putting pressure on you to get the zero. If you get an early loss and then you learn from that loss and come back, I think that can make you great. Helps build character just like a loss at anything. Yeah. If you do it right. If you take it right. Yeah, yeah. if this kid goes back to the drawing board, figures out what he did wrong, comes back stronger, absolutely good for him. You need those. Yep. Now, moving on to our current events. We didn't have a lot to recap this week. But the biggest current event coming out is a fight announcement. Andy Ruiz Jr. is having his rematch with Anthony Joshua December 7th in Saudi Arabia. What are you thinking? Not happy. Um, I I like the rematch. There's a rematch clause. It makes sense. Yeah. But to do it in Saudi Arabia with the ethical and uh, moral standards being a little bit subpar is, is what the consensus seems to be and uh i what i don't like at all is what eddie hearn had to say about it and i quote organizations bigger than us have taken events to saudi arabia if that country is willing to invest in the sport of boxing for the right reasons i'm in um that just about sums up eddie hearn from my perspective and anybody who needs that quote translated what he's saying is i don't care about ethics or morals if the money's right, I'm in. And I think he's proven that over and over again with just about everything. And you're now boosting an economy in a place where the humanitarian standards are questionable at best. Yeah, you're right. Um, I think the promoters are going to take the money no matter where. You see later in a couple months, the UFC's going to Saudi Arabia. Yeah. So... I, Promoters are just going to take as much money as they can, and Saudi Arabia has a bunch of oil money. I think what it's going to take for something to for that to change or anything is a fighter, someone like an Andy Ruiz or Anthony Joshua has to come out and say, "Look, this is what's happening. I don't want to be here." Exactly. Well, and 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 you know, fifty some years ago, we had that in Muhammad Ali, a fighter that yeah. was willing to step up and say, "My morals." Whether he's right or wrong, whether you agree with Ali or not, my morals and my ethics, my obligation to myself is more important than what you're going to pay me in money, in fame, in prestige, in status. My morals are more important to me than that. And I think you're absolutely right. It's going to take the athletes to personally say it's more important to me not to be a part of this because of where it comes from than to get paid. You know, yeah. the promoter's like, hey, supply and demand. If they pay us, we'll go. So it's going to take the people actually starring in the event. You guys are the celebrities, and they're going to have to pull rank on the people around them sooner or later. And it's going to take an Ali-like Ali effort to do yeah. something like that. So the Saudi, Yeah, right. the Saudi Arabia choice of venue does surprise me. I know there was a lot of argument about it being in 
uh, London or it being in Mexico or San Diego or anywhere, they were all going, there was a constant back and forth. So with the political side of this, it isn't that good, but it is still a middle ground. It's still uh, no one's real territory. Yeah. Granted, you know, the promoters are going to come in and smooth the judges, but on paper, it looks like neutral ground. Yes. Yeah, well, and I think that's the other part, just not to to stay on the political side of it, but it brings that conversation into an otherwise very exciting heavyweight fight. Yeah. And the first thing we cover isn't Andy Ruiz, isn't Anthony Joshua, their training, the guy, their common opponent, and isn't any of that stuff. It's Saudi Arabia, are you okay with it or not? So I think from yeah. those two perspectives, it's just it's just not a good choice. But on the fight, does Ruiz beat? Joshua again? I he has to be the favorite, especially with what we've been talking about for eight weeks of this podcast. Joshua's headspace, the the dominant win by Andy Ruiz, this being Joshua's first loss. I think I'm no I'm no odds maker. I'm no handicapper but Andy Ruiz has to be a favorite here well yeah the thing is with Andy Ruiz he's gone through these levels never to this extent but he's gone through this levels one fights knocked people out before you know Anthony Joshua is coming some off something we've never seen him do before so we don't know what kind of Anthony Joshua we're gonna get that being said I kind of like Joshua in this fight because when I watch the first fight I think how how hard is it going to be for him to adjust those things and come away with a win. And it looks like they're makeable adjustments. You know, every yeah. like I said, every time he got clipped, he, he was trying to jump on Ruiz because he had hurt him. You stay patient and outbox Ruiz, and I think he can I think he can win more of like a decision type yeah. fight. I'm not saying he can't knock him out. Yeah. I think that if I'm Joshua, I'm looking for a decision victory. I want to stay real patient. I'll take the knockout if it comes. But I don't want to start trading with this guy because we saw how well that went. Ruiz's chin is better. Yeah. Whether his punches were better or not, his chin was better. I, I I, don't want to say this, but I don't think this fight is going to be similar to the next fight. This is heavyweights. And with Saudi Arabia, I, I'm a big WWE fan. When they went there, it was 10 at night, 100 degrees in the ring. Yeah. These guys are big guys. Anthony Andy Ruiz has his build, and that ain't built for the heat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even when he was saying to go to Mexico, the 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 altitude there and the heat there that wasn't going to be favorable for heavyweights. Now Saudi Arabia, you had the heat, you had the humidity. I'm excited for this fight. Don't get me wrong, but don't be surprised if it's if there's if. The heat in that stuff plays a part. See, now Ruiz is a little bit bigger and built a little bit different, but I'd have said the opposite. I would have said that may have given him an advantage being conditioned to that type of weather and climate. Yeah, you're right. And, yeah, Joshua has the same problem. If you saw the the last fight, he was gassed pretty early. So I'm saying saying watch out. Don't get your hopes too high for it's – Another uh, for a remaking of what happened last time. Yeah. Now moving on from that, 
the IBF, we smashed them last week. <laughs> <laughs> but now they're th- th- this, in my opinion, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. But they're coming out with another stupid thing, coming out and having ordering Richard Comey to defend his lightweight belt against Tim T- Tifimo Lopez. Now, granted, that's a better fight than I think Triple G and whatever the hell, hell that chump's name was. But where is the Lomachenko fight? This yeah. needs to happen. The, Comey and Lomachenko need to fight. They need to unify their belts. And Lopez isn't... He, this isn't He's a top five see. guy. Yeah, but he isn't Lomachenko. We want no. to see Comey... Versus Lomachenko. <laughs> that's yeah. Well, that's obviously the fight we want to see. I, I, from from another perspective, depending on who Loma signs to fight next, Lopez and Kami's, it, it's a good, it's a good fight. They're both top five guys. You know, it's the type of fight you'd want to see if you weren't like, when is Kami gonna fight Loma? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's the fight we're looking forward to. But I say this should be a good fight. They're both top five guys. Let them fight. You know, if uh, if Loma's got a decent opponent, that's the problem. Is that the, yeah. you, you guys are both free? You guys are both you're not, you're not really busy doing anything. Why don't you get in the ring together? Is 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 a stellar question, Jace. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Lomachenko does have a fight coming up later this month, so they could have worked something now after that, but. Yeah, yeah, let's hope that this is to build to build that one, and yeah. and that we don't have an Anthony Joshua type situation with one of those guys dropping the ball before they get to the, each other. Yeah, namely Kami, because Loma's not going to lose this fight. No. Uh, but the, this, like I said, this is better than ordering Triple G to fight whoever that dude. Yeah, is. yeah. I'm not even going to mention his name. So yeah, let's not. moving on uh the wba junior welterweight champ regis progress pulls out of the world boxing super series final unification bout against the ibf's junior welterweight champ josh taylor and it's not him pulling out because of an injury. It's not him pulling out because he doesn't want to fight the guy. It's because the WBSS, the World Boxing Super Series, didn't pay progress. And he's already filed a lawsuit. He's already trying to get out of his contract. This is all according to ESPN. But to have a promoter not pay you, that that's this shouldn't be happening. I, I mean... <clears throat> I totally agree with everything you just said, but this fits the status quo all too well. You're telling me something happened in the politics of it. So I don't really know. I haven't jumped into how much they paid him, what they didn't pay him, what they agreed to pay him, when they agreed to pay him by. This is a bunch of contractual questions that I can't really answer. But you're telling me Broner fight was talked about and... Progress is likely not to fight Taylor, but to fight Broner instead. So he's going to get lesser competition for more money. Yeah, I mean, Broner's it behooves him to get out of this contract. Yeah. So while it looked, I mean, while it, he's suing, he's obviously got some kind of an argument there. I just hate how much it looks like. Well, would you would you want if I told you you could fight Josh Taylor? 
or fight Adrian Broner for twice as much. I'll fight Broner twice. Yeah. <laughs> like, Taylor, I think Taylor is that much better than Broner. And Broner's yeah. that much more of a name than Taylor that it just benefits progress. So it's it's hard to, to I can't I don't want to fully blame the boxing super series without going into all of the ins and outs of the contract. And I don't want to go into all of the ins and outs of the contract. So Yeah. I a promoter's job should be to pay the fighters and get the fight going. And if you can't pay the fighters, obviously they're going to want to get out of the fight. Yeah, make the, <laughs> make the fights pay the fighters. Yeah, you have yeah, two and, jobs. Yeah, and as you mentioned, Pro Grace, prior to pulling out, he went on a Twitter rant, and he went after Adrian Broner and said after the Taylor fight, he wants Broner. So I don't know. Seeing he might get the Broner fight next, or it, it, he, it obviously – Shows that he still wants the Josh Taylor fight. He still wants the other belt. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see where this well, goes. Well, that's the fight we want to see, right? It's yeah. Pro Grace and Taylor. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then the winner, screw Broner. We want to see <laughs> Jose Ramirez. Yeah. But yeah, uh, even Ortiz Jr. Yeah, you're right. Yep. And uh, Hook, I'm not. I'm not ready to count out Maurice Hooker. This might be the most yeah. exciting weight class in boxing right now. Uh, yeah, I, I don't. The, Boxing's really good right now. Yeah. Like people, they want to shit on boxing all they want. They want to talk all, all about the UFC. There are fun fights in boxing. Yeah. So, I'm excited. We'll, we'll, we'll see how this plays out in the weeks to come. Hopefully, they can work something out. But, moving on from that, rumors are coming out that Floyd Money Mayweather is back to training to see how he feels to get back in the Pacquiao fight. Now, these are just rumors. The possible date being eyed is either way later this year or spring 2020. Now, is this fight going to happen? And if it does and Pacquiao wins, are we going to see a trilogy fight? Um, Probably and probably. I think, I mean, it's supply and demand. The yeah. fight's probably going to happen. And if it does and Pac- Pac-Man wins, we'll probably see a trilogy. And why wouldn't me? I mean, these guys are, are the top of the game um, as far as their history, like their all-time rankings. You can't make a top 10, 20. Anybody makes a top 50 list and these guys are not. I mean, they're, they're the yeah. top all-time. And right now, as far as money fights... They're still at the top of the game. We just talked about the disparity between Josh Taylor and Adrian Broner. Yeah. One being a money fight and one being a better fighter. Here we are again. There's a lot better fighters out there right now than Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather. But as far as cementing their place in history and becoming relevant again, which obviously Floyd wouldn't have said this out loud if he didn't, you know, if he wasn't looking for excuses to stay relevant. Um, so yeah, supply and demand. He's he's not seeing how his body feels. He's yeah. seeing how the public feels, whether or not he can pull that off and make as much money as he wants to make off that fight. See how my body feels. If the money's right, we'll do it, Eddie Hearn. <laughs> yeah. See, the thing with it, I, I, I still don't think this fight's gonna happen. Floyd has been a cherry picker this late in his career. Look at his last two fights against Conor McGregor and then he 
went and fought a kickboxer in Japan. That which... was the dumbest thing he could have done <laughs> for his critics. Yeah. So he and even when he fought Pacquiao the first time, <sighs> he waited it out. Pacquiao was injured. He picked it perfectly. And then even yep. going back to when he picked Canelo, he picked Canelo when he was still up and coming. Yep. He knows when to pick fights. And Pacquiao looked so good against Thurman. Oh, I don't see him taking that fight. I, I see Pacquiao going and getting the fight with the Spence Porter winner. Yeah, and. This fight is going to be underlying for a while. And I think Floyd will stay lay low. And then when Pacquiao starts to show his age, which is crazy that he really hasn't yet. You know, I... I, I Colin Floyd a cherry picker. I mean, you, every, again, everything you say is true. But, uh... But I had but I had 34 of these scrub scrap fights, right? And yeah. when I was 22, 23, 24, 27, 28, if you showed up at my house and asked to fight me, I would fight you. And that's just how it went down. Everybody would show up, we'd match up, somebody's calling out somebody else, you're allowed to do that. If I think it's a fair fight, fine, and I'll fight anybody. There's a couple guys that showed up in my mid-30s that I'd have gotten in there with at 25 that I didn't want to see these kids at 35. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? So so when I look at Mayweather's career, when he was, you know, the, that young man mindset, yeah. he actually did go out there in the Jose Luis Castillos and the Corrales. Yeah. So, so it's a little unfair to – from a personal standpoint, it's unfair for me to call Floyd a cherry picker when – yeah. You know, I can totally understand. You start. He's gotten older. He's gotten smarter. He's picking fights that make sense. But if they pay him right, he will take the Pacquiao fight. You're going to have to offer him $200 Because the fact is, he's getting paid out the ear for this guy he shouldn't have fought. We just yeah. both said he shouldn't have fought that guy. Did he make like $100 million on that fight? Like, come on. Yeah. For 40 seconds of work? 14 seconds of work? How long that guy lasted? And you can... And you can Before he started crying, I mean. How long was that kid in the ring? <laughs> I mean... I, I like to be a little bit of a conspiracy theorist, but the, the, there could have been some Yakuza work in that Japanese fight. The way... You know, no one... No one... Floyd doesn't have the power to make you go stumbling and rolling around the ring like that anymore. Uh. So... <laughs> Yeah, but I I don't take I'm not gonna I, I say cherry picker, but there there's a level to resp there's uh it's it's not a diss to Floyd because he is being smart he he has that business mindset yeah he wants to make money and but the thing is is this fight no matter you can wait ten years and Pacquiao could be fifty or sixty and this fight will still make money yeah so I think. Floyd will find the perfect time to strike. I don't think now is it because Pacquiao looks so damn good that, against I, Yeah. Yeah, that, that Pacquiao is uh it's hard to see anybody beating him after what Thurman's done on his way up and then just to yeah. be like outclassed by it by God, that's that was crazy. That was crazy. Yeah. I'm still struggling with that one. But like I said, Pacquiao, more than any other fighter, has come in and surprised me over and over and over again. Losing to Horn, you know, uh, 
Beating Marquez actually surprised me when it happened. Yeah. Yeah, over and over again, this guy. And and I think one big thing is Floyd's not in it for the belts. He's in it for the money, and he's in it to add another number to the keep that zero nice and clean. Yeah. So I think he's going to wait for Pacquiao to lose the belt and then go after him. I don't I – don't, Whatever well, he does, we'll he'll be smart about it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and he'll make a lot of money doing it. Yeah, it, if it wanted to happen now, it'd be even bigger, and I would it, – it'd be more fun, but I just don't see that happening, yeah. you know? Well, that's that's how it was the first time around with yeah. him and Pacquiao. If it happens now, it'll be great. Yeah. If it happens now, and we said that for like 8, 9, 10, 11 years, we were going, hey, if those guys fight right now, it'll be awesome. Yeah. By the time they fought, we had the complaint that they waited too long, you yeah. know? So, all right, moving on. That that's it for uh, the big boxing news. But we got a who you got? This who you weekend. got? So this weekend, outside of the world of boxing, we have a big UFC pay per view. UFC two forty one, Cormier versus Miocic two. And when I look at this, I'm a big UFC guy. This card has probably two of the best pure boxers in the sport of the UFC with Stipe Miocic in the headline and then Nate Diaz in the co-main event. And we we saw Connor make the move over to MMA and boxing from MMA. Yeah, yep. make the move over from boxing yeah. to MMA. And that was first off against the the GOAT. Second off, it Connor isn't the best pure boxer. He does have an MMA. It's very MMA. Yeah. The way he strikes. But that being said, who you got as the best boxer in the UFC? This one for me is a hands down by a lot kind of argument. Okay. And um, I don't think it's the person people would think of first when you say who's the best boxer in the UFC. But Holly Holm is a 20-something okay. time boxing world champion. And it's not like I'm saying James Tony, yeah, who went in and lost one fight. This was the Bantamweight champion of the UFC yeah. when she knocked out Ronda Rousey with a high kick. She was a highly decorated kickboxer, highly decorated boxer, moved on to the UFC, got the belt in that if you can't say if, if Holly Holm isn't the answer to this question, you know, I, I like the Diaz brothers. And I'd love to see Garbrandt and Dillashaw in a boxing match. Yeah. That's a really good fight. But uh, when you look at the numbers, I mean, this is Holly Holm. There's there's no uh, categorical way to get her off the list. And she's the best boxer in the UFC, I think, hands down. Yeah. Well, with Holly Holm, we have talked about it. Women's boxing is... It's not on the level that men's boxing is. Generates less fanfare, yeah. Yeah, and if you can become a UFC world champion, I wouldn't be surprised if they can step into the women's boxing world and do pretty damn well. Granted, Holly Holm is is phenomenal. She is one of the great greatest female boxers ever. But with that being said, I'm gonna have the, there are a lot of good boxers. Cody Garbrandt was 50 and 0 as an amateur. Yeah. Uh, Stipe Miocic, a Golden Glove winner, but I have to. I, I'm a Diaz. I'm a Diaz guy. <laughs> I, I have to go with Nate or Nick Diaz because when Diaz I brothers, see yeah. them, they do phenomenal stuff. In 
They just put that pressure on you, and they just punch after punch, constant fist to the face. And strictly what you're breathe. watching as 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 from from a strictly a boxing standpoint, fundamentally what they're doing. Yeah. It's really good boxing. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I totally agree. I had Holly Holm, then the Diaz brothers. Yeah. And I'd love to see Garbrandt and Dillashaw. I think Garbrandt beat him. <clears throat> the, the Diaz's are like what you saw with Manny Pacquiao, how he came in with those flurries yeah. against Thurman. But that constantly all around, all throughout the round, just constant fists in your face. I think they yeah. would be phenomenal yeah. in the boxing world and the, they are both big personalities and they could be stars in boxing if they if they chose that yeah. and when it comes to the ufc they just they keep putting fists to your face and the reason why they're great at the ufc you want to take them down they're they're black belts in brazilian jiu-jitsu yeah so yeah they they have it all covered with the ufc but their boxing is on another level definitely all right now Moving on to the previews for the only card we have for this week. Live from Los Angeles on ESPN this Saturday. WBO junior featherweight champ Emmanuel Navarde looks to defend his belt against Francisco DeVaca. Navarde 27-1. DeVaca 20 and oh now I, I was doing what you love to do and look at their opponents records they each only at, had fought someone with a less than 500 record Be, both have only both each only one opponent with less than 500 so there this is going to be good they have been fighting winning winning fighters but i don't know how good that fighters that they fight are it's over a hundred they're over 500 but what does that mean yeah yeah well and that's why i've i've been pushing for the elo system we can figure out exactly what those numbers are with something that involves math and not uh subjective opinions um i like navarrete yeah to beat the vodka i mean you got to go with the Champ Devaka, I don't, I don't know anything about him really. Twenty and O's, nice, but it looks good on paper. Yeah, like like what we were talking about with uh, Tyson Fury's yeah next fight. Yeah, this yeah. Is... Well, and yeah, I'm gonna touch on that in the next segment too. So I'm <laughs> not yeah. happy about this fight. Let's just yeah, say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, you 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 hinted on it. The next segment, segue. That, that's the only. Preview we have for this weekend. Besides, if you are a UFC fan, check out the pay-per-view. But, Jared, hit me with that flurry. I've been for weeks saying the ELO system. They have a system, math system, they use to rank chess players. I've been saying it over and over and over again. I saw a meme with points next to the fighters' names. Floyd Mayweather's on top. Then Manny and Muhammad Ali was in there, and I'm like, you know, 1,088 points or whatever, you know, they've all got points next to them. And I'm like, where did this come from? It was on a website, BoxRec, which we're both fairly familiar with. Um, I went into that ranking system. That system starts with ELO. 
And then some jackhole came in and decided we should put in a little caveat for how much the person won by. So this is a dominant performance and this is a close fight. So they have three different levels, but it starts as just math. So it really is yeah. the closest thing we have. So we look at this fight with Navarrete at, at 27 and 1 and Devaka's 20 and 0. And we say, here's an undefeated fighter fighting the champ. We go into the rankings. We find Navarrete right there at number one with 502 points. 502 points, something, 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 right? But number one in his weight class. Out of 2,000, 1,500, however many guys that they yeah. that have fought in that weight class professionally, he's number one. He's the champ. We've got the right guy. And then I tried to find the guy he's fighting, Devaka. Devaka had 12 point something points, and I found him at number 144. Dang. So you're telling me. There's 142 guys in his weight class that have more right to fight him for that belt based on the math than this guy. And they're two weight classes away. So so he's he's this guy's coming down to fight him. So he's fighting kind of a bigger guy. That's the one thing you kind of have to put in there. But in those three weight classes, if one's number one, the other one's 144, we have potentially, I don't know, 500 guys... That should be fighting for that belt and aren't because this yeah. guy has, you said the guys he beat above 500, but what does that mean? Yeah. This math takes into account what that means. And when every win is stacked up, all of his 20 wins, and you take the point totals he gets for beating those guys, you end up with 12. And the guy he's fighting has 502. That's crazy. And those are the numbers that I want attached to these guys' names so that the average fan doesn't walk in, say, 27 and 1 versus 20 and 0. Looks good to me. Let's see what happens. They walk in and see number 1 versus 144, 501 yeah. versus 12, and understand that Devaka does not deserve this shot, does not belong in there with the, in the ring with this guy. I, I hope he beats him because I'm kind yeah. of an underdog guy, but but – and he's 20 and 0, you know, you can't know, but should you jump from 144th to go and fight the champion? No. no. And the math, if we've got math behind these numbers, we should be using it. And that's all I've argued from the beginning is the ELO system is mathematic, takes into account whether you won or lost. Now, if the judges messed it up, fine, whatever. But in basketball scores, you know, when you look at the record, you don't say, well, they won all those games by 40 points. And these guys only won their games by two. It doesn't matter. You win by a point. You won the game. You move on in the tournament. You're the winner. We have to dissect the problems in judging separately from the problems in ranking, separately yeah. from the problems in scoring. And if this will fix the problems in rankings... So that we know that, that, that Navarrete's next title fight as the number one champion of his weight class in the whole world is the 144th ranked guy. We're going to be looking at the promoters funny. We're going to be asking the questions we should ask about our sport. Also, you got to take into account if Tavaka's coming down. Yeah. The, the weight issue. Yeah. But this is, but this is, this weight. is a habit. This is, this yeah. is, this is, uh, cons this consistently happens. I, you know, I, I really hammered on a guy named Ricardo Nunes 
Um, and there was a fight the week after that. I can't bring up the guy's name right now, but as I am Devaka here, and it's not so much to trash those guys. I can't stand saying bums and tomato cans, but at the end of the day, you can only say this guy's on a different level from this guy in so many different ways, you yeah. know, and then you start going, okay, well, this guy sucks. Why is he fighting him? And it's not that Devaka sucks. It's that he's the 144th ranked guy out of 2,000 and doesn't get a title shot against number one. Yes, you have to take into account that he's coming down. But why is he coming down? Because he's getting a title yeah. shot. There's a, a whole bunch, a whole list of guys in this guy's weight class that he could be fighting. Yeah. You're basically cherry picking out of another weight class. That Yeah, yeah. And, and, and they're not stripping the belt. For this fight, because they ordered this fight. Yeah. The guy's 20 and 0. How are you two weight classes away? 144th ranked in your weight class and a mandatory opponent for the champion. Somebody explain that to me. It's absurd. Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's, no. it's bogus. Yeah. Um, and frustrating. And frustrating to be that. That's the one fight we have to preview. The one fight with some big, big name implications it's a title fight and the champions fighting but the guy he's fighting is is nowhere even on the radar it took me 20 minutes to find this scrolling down through yeah. 142 other names between him and the guy that he's fighting and it's yeah. not safe yeah on some level it's just not even safe earlier in the show we, we were talking <clears throat> about how great boxing is right now it's this stuff that is killing it it's this stuff that's hurting it you have these great fighters. These great fighters need to fight other great fighters. Yeah. Not this guy. Yeah. This Let's guy. get the math in there and make boxing what it should yeah. be. What it really, I mean, there's a lot of potential here if we can cut out the, the politics and the garbage yeah. that's coming along with it. You're right. Well, uh, this was kind of a short one today for the uh, for Throwing Jabs Boxing Podcast. Uh not a lot to recap. Didn't have a lot to preview. Was a was a good amount of news, but that's gonna be it for the episode. Jared, if they want to reach out to you, how do they reach out to you? Um, Jared Jones on Facebook. We got a Scrub Scraps Facebook group and all the other platforms. You'll find us at Scrub Scraps. All right, and make sure you guys follow at uh, Throwing Jabs on Twitter, as well as the Facebook page. If you're Watching live right now. We are going to continue to do that. So make sure you like Throwing Jabs Boxing Podcast on Facebook. So we can conti to continue to get the live stream. Um, as well as you can go back and rewatch it if you missed it. And as well as the audio for this will be up on throwingjabspodcast.com. As well as on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. And anywhere you can get your podcast, really. And that's going to be it for the show. Thank you guys for watching. And see you next time.